What is going on? I want to welcome you from F Court today, being Wednesday, March the second. I am your host, Sean Murphy, alongside my guy, and now standing at six foot one from Marquette, Michigan, six foot three. Whatever, screw you. Anyway, he is known as the UP Dirk, the man in the shirt. The man that will bring you hurt. He is Troy Nowitzki. Sergey. Troy, what's going on, man? How you doing? Doing good, Sean. How are you doing, man? I'm doing well. I don't think you appreciate adequately how you, in my opinion, get some of the best intros in the business right now, Troy. Oh, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> Doesn't look like it. Oh, my gosh. Troy, it's good to see you. I was also able to see you in person mm-hmm. this weekend. We got sure were. We got food. I just won my bet. Let's go. Anyway, mama, I don't bet. Anywho. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, we were able to hang out. Um, I'm going to be standing in your wedding which is pretty cool um and uh we had good food good talk uh and almost waited unnecessarily long for a okay wet burrito i wouldn't do that sean i wouldn't do that i'm really glad we didn't either however the wait at the place we ended up going was almost worse in some ways <laughs> but at least we got to sit down though and at the end of the day that's what that's matters. true that is true. We, we had some quality time watching some Duke and Syracuse and some Texas Christian and Texas Tech. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. When when you say watch, you mean very broadly look over once in a while to notice that Duke is just stomping Syracuse in the freaking ground. And the program that once was is now an absolute sham a lama ding dong. Well, that's okay. yeah, that, that one. Yeah, 100%. But you know what isn't a sham? from half court because each and every week this guy and that guy talk about all things nba basketball right here if you like that be sure to subscribe to the channel like this video share with your friends and comment down below get involved in the from half court me community also be sure to be reading my work at woodward sports that is in the comment section down below if you'd like to donate to from half court and contribute to what we're doing that is also down below as well but anyway troy it is time for us to talk about some basketball because the league is back. It's back, Sean. It's oh, back. is it back? Let's go. Feels so good to have it back. Oh my gosh. I it was such a long, long few weeks mm-hmm. without basketball in my life. And then all of a sudden, I, I didn't even realize like how much I just missed like a Pistons game. Like, even though, like, how much that can bring pain and frustration and torment and just, you know, like, it, it could just get old because it's like, all right, we know what this team is. We know where they're going. We know what's happening here. Um, so, so with that, Troy, what, what has been some of the favorite games you've seen since the game has come back? And what have been your overall thoughts of the league Ever since the return from All-Star break. Personally, this might be one of the craziest returns from All-Star breaks we've had in a while with, with the amount of stuff that happened. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I'll go ahead. Um, I, well, I think last night was super fun. Um, Charlotte's kind of my, um, I guess, third, second favorite team in a weird way. Um, so it was fun to watch them play the Pistons and obviously more fun to watch our Pistons win. So that's kind of pro- probably be up there for a game that uh, really excited uh, that I was able to to watch and Dude, can I just maybe say, excited for the league was back. Can go I ahead. just say about mother time that we beat this God team, this God mother team? Like 15 mother losses in a row, Troy? Like what? That's the- a lot. Think about that. Like th- 0 and 15 in five years. It's unreal. Unreal. It, it, it and is. Like, and like, I remember specifically, like, I remember when I used to like make recap videos on Twitter, like people like are digging up old people's, like digging up people's tweets on Twitter. Now y'all are, y'all are weird. But anyway, um, you, you can find that I have videos where I recap Pistons games. And I remember specifically yelling in my car about the fact that we couldn't beat the Charlotte Hornets. And that for some mm-hmm. reason, this mm-hmm. is just a curse over our franchise that we could literally do anything else. But for some reason, we can't beat the freaking Charlotte Hornets. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. But finally, yeah. finally, we beat that freaking team. It really is sad, Sean, that it took us so long. But well, um, and of course, and of course, it could only happen. It can only be delivered by the prodigal son. I, of course, am talking about Kelly Olenek. He has risen. Hold on. He has risen. He has risen indeed. (laughs) Wow. Wow. (laughs) Just wow. Um, Wasn't that beautiful? Easter's coming up. Doesn't that make you emotional, Troy? Yeah, comparing Kelly Olenek to Jesus Christ. That's what I like to do on my Monday nights. Um, Let's but another game stuff. last night, Pacers and Celtics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fun one. Uh, can't believe the Nets somehow beat the Bucks last night, and then they got their beeps. You can do the beep. Stomp. Oh, they got their <laughs> kicked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> by toronto of all teams right yeah, like what the <laughs> the toronto flipping the toronto raptors, raptors led by scotty the mother rookie barnes <laughs> okay enough with the bleak button for now but i like where it's going no but really i mean i think that was a crazy game in itself too of, oh um, yeah you know, the fact that that the Nets were able to beat the Bucks, but then lose. And then tonight, I got to say, Sean, the fact that the um, uh, Heat made a statement tonight against the Bulls. I mean, I think that shakes up the league a little bit, too. Um, so I, I think that's definitely worth talking about. I mean, I, okay. I don't mean that it's not like a, not like a big deal or anything, but to me, like I, I wouldn't say shake up the league. I mean, the, and, and, and the reason why is because Chicago still isn't healthy, and so right now it doesn't matter if they lose against the Heat. I mean, obviously the Heat are are full; they have their full team, you know, and the mm-hmm. Bulls are missing multiple key pieces. So to me, it's like not to like minimize that win because I mean that is a statement win for the Heat as far as like oh yeah, like no, they are a really good team and they have their stuff together right now, but. As far as like, you know, for, for the Bulls, like I wouldn't say like losing to 
like one of the teams with the best records in the league is a bad thing. You know what I mean? Um, on top of that, we've had performances like John Morant, funny enough, against the Bulls, uh, setting the franchise record for like the most points in a game by uh, by a Memphis Grizzly at uh, 46. So John Morant doing John Morant things. Uh, Freaking DeMar DeRozan just can't stop scoring points. And Except you know, tonight. He didn't yeah, really do that. Tonight, tonight. Well, not tonight, but he was playing Miami. I mean, mm-hmm. it had to end at some point. This was kind of the natural point mm-hmm. for that streak to die down a little bit. But I mean, like, sure. DeMar DeRozan has firmly entered himself into the MVP conversation this week. Like, yes. like people are starting to really wake that up. And so to me, like, you know, I, I have people asking me about what, what my thoughts are on the MVP conversation. And I would say right now it's it's a three-headed race, in my opinion. Although I think Jokic should be in the race, I think people are just inclined to not give it to the same guy two years in a row. I think uh-huh. we get bored of greatness. Um, but in my opinion right now, uh, Joel Embiid is still number one. And then below him, just below him, it's a fight between DeMar DeRozan and John Morant. In my opinion, that's that's the top three. But, I mean, you can also argue uh, that the three best players in the NBA right now are all centers. Giannis, Jokic, and Embiid. In a league of wings, right? Yeah, exactly. I was I was listening to the to the Bill Simmons podcast and they were talking about that. It's the thing of, you know, we've talked about the talked about a little bit about on this podcast before too, but people talk about, "Oh, well the big man is dead. The position is dying. People aren't playing this position. It doesn't matter." Literally some of our best players in the league are all bigs. Like like the 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 scariest duo right now is very akin to uh, to to the Shaq and Kobe type of dominance we can see offensively, not in the way of style and how they play. Like I I uh, I wrote an article talking a little bit about that duo, and uh, I talked about how I saw it as more like if Julius Irving played with uh, Akeem Olajuwon, you know what I mean? Like kind of more of like that that finesse and efficiency scoring, getting to the line, like you know, like not necessarily with athleticism. I mean, Dr. J was a freaking athlete, but also at the same time. He was a baller. You know what I mean? Like that, just that style. Like James Harden's just a different style of like all-time great scorer. Uh, you know, not not really like unlike anything we've really ever seen in the game. You know, I do know. I um, do know. Speaking of Troy, holy, <laughs> they've looked good. Like yep. who called it last podcast, Sean? Oh, this I, guy. Oh, I agreed with you. I knew they were gonna look good. <laughs> I just didn't think they were going to look this good, this quick. Like, like, can we talk about the fact that the pairing of Tyrese Maxey and James Harden so far has been seamless? Like, already, just seamless. And, and James Harden, like, and Joel Embiid, like, they don't have to go out there and do anything, like, overly complicated or things that are, like, outside of their wheelhouse because, like, the way that their games complement each other, it's literally just, oh, yeah, Let's just go do what we do do best. Let's just go be the scariest pick and roll threat on any given team. Oh, and hey, Knicks, the guys that like aren't really, uh, you know, disciplined on the defensive end. We're just gonna get twenty-seven three throws combined, and we're gonna make like eighty-nine percent of them or eighty-five percent of them, and they're gonna kill you from the line. You're gonna be in foul trouble. 
And like literally it got to the point where towards the end of the game, there wasn't even a center on the Knicks side who could come in and defend Joel Embiid because Mitchell Robinson and the rest of their the rest of their big men were all in foul trouble because they all were fouling Embiid. He kept drawing fouls. I mean, Troy, what's the answer to this team? If they keep playing yeah. like that, as far as defending what? this team and how yeah. beating this team, like if they keep playing I don't, I don't like this, what's the answer, dude? Like, there's no answer, Sean. And that yeah, excites me terrifying. because I like Embiid, but I'm not a Sixers guy. I like Embiid yeah. and I like, I like Harris, obviously, for mm. sentimental reasons. But obviously, I'm not the biggest Harden guy. And right. yeah, definitely was not a Simmons guy. So right. I have a hard time rooting for the Sixers, but I want Embiid to succeed. Um, I want Tobias Harris to succeed. I want Doc Rivers to succeed. Right. So they're kind of my team in a, in a weird, weird, weird way. As far as I just love that they're serious now. Yeah. You know, I hated how they came together, but I, I love the seriousness I've been seeing from them. And you're right, Sean, um, his offensive game and beat again, his offensive game, man. Well, even like, just how much of a maestro as far as a playmaker that James Harden's already been. In yeah. Philly, because like generally speaking, like with playmakers, like the difference between a good playmaker and a great playmaker is a good playmaker at, over time with comfortability with his teammates can generate offense and get your team going. Like Ricky Rubio, like give him some time to get to know the guys around him. He'll mm-hmm. he'll make you a playoff team. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But then there's James Harden, who he can roll in day one. And get 14 assists. He can day, yeah. he can day one generate offense in the fast break with Ty- Tyrese Maxey, get him open looks. Day one can just naturally get get easier looks for Danny Green, make better offense for Matisse Thibel. Can day one generate a good pick and roll with Joel Embiid? Like just James Harden already is just making Philly his. Like, mm-hmm. like it, even though it's it's Joel Embiid's team and Philly's always going to be Joel Embiid's city, like, as far as, like, who's got the keys to the car, it's James Harden. Mm-hmm. And he's mm-hmm. and he is going to take that car and he's going to freaking run with it, man. He is. He is. And that's exciting. That's mm-hmm. exciting for the league because, listen, this team has kind of been the, the laughing stock of the playoffs. I'm not going to say the league, but of the, of the playoffs the past few years, right? Because they just have not gotten stuff done. And James Harden is going to help that team, Sean. Yeah. And this is the most serious. In a to what, two-game stretch? This is the most serious I've seen James oh, yeah. Harden play. Oh, yeah. And I 100%. think that this is a new James Harden. This is this is a new James Harden, Sean. Well, I wouldn't go I'm back. going there. I, I wouldn't. And the reason why I wouldn't, is because it's, again, and it's the same thing we have said with James Harden whenever he gets into new teammates and, like, whenever, like, when the Rockets were winning all the games that they were winning, when, like, whether that was both with Chris Paul but even, like, a little bit of the run that he had with Russ, it's always the thing of, oh, well, once the playoffs hits, this team could be dangerous. Like, who's going to be able to stop them? Well, here's the problem, Troy. We haven't seen James Harden do this well many times over a seven-game series, especially in later playoff rounds, especially against the teams that he needs to step up and do it against, the series that that shine the brightest. And there's even been moments when, like, he's faced the Warriors shorthanded where 
They were in a position game seven at home against Golden State. All they had to do was hit their shots. And the entire team doesn't hit a three-point field goal for the entirety of the fourth quarter? Like, dude, like, I like listen, like, at a certain point, it's like, yeah, I'm impressed that you can go out there and on a regular basis, you can put up double-doubles, borderline triple-doubles, and, and put on a clinical offensive display, and you are one of the best offensive players of all time. But again, at what point do we not just acknowledge the fact that, dude, you haven't done when it comes to when it matters. But that's what I'm saying is we have a guy, we have a new guy who actually wants to do beep, right? Didn't when Kevin Durant want to do it? Did what? Kevin Durant wanted to do it. James Harden didn't, clearly. But but you're saying, but what? James I'm Harden saying a new James it? Harden, a serious James Harden, a James right. Harden that cares about winning. Right, right. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're right about that. You're seeing James yeah. Harden that's serious about winning, but, like, again, it's not about being serious about winning. It's like he he's serious when he's in the playoffs. The problem is he's been serious, and he's been seriously bad. That's mm. the problem. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. I, I don't doubt that you want to be here. I just – I just don't know what you're going to do when you are. You know what I mean? That's all I'm saying. Like, we just, because so far, with if we're just going to take with what evidence has given us, we haven't been given a whole lot of reason to be super stoked. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it hasn't been super inspiring as of, as of late. So, I just, I just, I want to see more. I just... I really want to see more, but, uh, you know, with that, we're going to be seeing a whole lot of this team. I will say as of right now, just as far as watching this basketball team and watching them in the regular season, they're going to put on a clinic and they're going to rule the league for a little while. I could see them going on like a 12 game win streak. I'm dead serious. Like if Joel Embiid and James Harden stay on the court together, like, I wonder how, like, I wonder, like, where they're going to be in the rankings by the end of the season because they could seriously, they could squeeze into some home court advantage. Seriously. So, uh, yeah, I'm super interested to see. But, Troy, as of right now, are you still telling me? I know you told me this last week that they were your favorites to go to the finals. But as of today, if James Harden and Joel Embiid and this 76ers team that you have seen so far, Faces the Milwaukee Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Are you still telling me that the Philadelphia 76ers win that series and go on to be champions? I do. Well, I don't know. I don't know about going on to be champions. Okay. But Eastern Conference champions. But Eastern Conference champions. Okay. Yeah. You still like who's out west more? Yeah, I like Phoenix more. Yeah. That's fair. I don't blame you. Phoenix is pretty good. Um, I love seeing the uh, top. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I like Phoenix more. Face. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, I do. Yeah, Phoenix is Phoenix is pretty hard to uh, to count out. Now, the only thing, obviously, is when are we going to get Chris Paul? Is he going to be able to be in the playoffs? You know, what's that actually going to look like? Now, I I personally think he'll be ready to go, and even if he has to, you know, 
slowly come back. If Chris Paul has to play with one hand, he'll play with one hand, and he'll still get 13 assists. He will. And, that, and, that's just who he is, Sean. Yeah, that's, that's who his, Chris Paul is. That's in his DNA. Now, speaking of being in, in DNA, what is not in the DNA of this team, the Los Angeles Lakers, is losses like they experienced on Sunday night. They got their asses kicked by the New Orleans Pelicans, 123-95. to This was at home against New Orleans, a team that on paper shouldn't even be close to the L.A. Lakers, even without Anthony Davis on the court, with, with LeBron James and, and, and Russell Westbrook on a team, even with how bad we've seen this team be at home, no reason for this team to get to get hoodwinked, bamboozled, led astray, run amok, and flat out deceived. Yet we saw just that, Troy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We your, sure did. In your opinion, Troy, is what's going on in LA? Is any of this yeah. salvageable? Oh, it's not salvageable at all. But what's going on is is age legs, I think, and and miscommunication on the court, not a good right. high uh, well, chemistry. But also, Sean, um, your point guard isn't good. Can we just say it? It's a bad <laughs> roster. It is flat yeah. out a bad roster. I, I I brought up this idea to Cone. Uh, uh, on, by the way, shout out to Cone. Shout out to Cone. Uh, and I, seen him, <laughs> and I, and, uh, I threw this take at him, and I've seen him like it, and I've seen him adopt it, where the Lakers, after they won the championship, they kind of took what wasn't broke and tried to fix it. Mm-hmm. And ever since, that roster has not been the same. It it seems to me like that's just still the case. I mean, they waved... They waived DeAndre Jordan, and now they brought in DJ Augustine, who is like... I, I didn't know that. Yeah, so that happened today. So DeAndre Jordan got waived in, in, in favor for DJ Augustine. So first of all, yikes for, for DeAndre Jordan that he got waived in favor of DJ Augustine, uh, which, by the way, DeAndre Jordan's about to go be Joel Embiid's backup in Philly. That's also been confirmed. But um, with that... It's just, Troy, it's not even like, I, I, I knew this team wasn't going to be good. I didn't think they were going to be this bad. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think it was going to be this, like, it's not even fun to talk about. No, it's not. It's, it's really not worth our time, Sean. But it's still worth our time because this is half court. But, yeah, I mean, a depleted roster. I mean, I think that's the best way to say it, yeah. too. Um, a dying team. Uh, they don't have, they just, and also they don't have what it takes to succeed in this modern day NBA either too. Right. You well, know what I mean? I think that's the big thing. Well, and like people want to know what the decline of LeBron was going to be. And I think, <laughs> I think the answer has been pretty clear. And it's like, I think we're seeing it right now where it's like, it's not that LeBron is declining as far as like being a good NBA player. That's not the case at all, but LeBron can't carry a team anymore. He's not going to like the LeBron that we saw that can, that can take a team single-handedly from a bottom of the lottery team to a finals team multiple years in a row. 
that guy's just not there. He he's just he has too many miles. He's 35. He has he's had multiple injuries and it they're the kind of injuries that are nagging and that re, that 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 get reaggravated e- easily, especially as you keep throwing more, more miles on. So Troy, do you think the Lakers look at possibly making a move like trading Anthony Davis this offseason? Ooh. I'm My not, heart I'm, said, yeah. I'm throwing the haymakers, Troy. Yeah, no, I did see that that was a possibility. And my, my heart says no, but I, in, in a weird way, Sean, I feel like they kind of have no choice. Well, like what happens like they, but like, isn't he supposed to be like the future? Was it the plan that this was supposed to be the passing of the torch and that this was going to be Anthony Davis's team. And he's going to be the one that is going to yeah. bring the Lakers to future championships as LeBron gets older. Look at yes, but here's out. the thing. But here's the thing: injuries took him right to a place that he could never truly be the reliable Can piece I, in that scenario. I just had a take come naturally. I want to throw it out to you, Troy. Let's hear it. So it seems like this team was built around Anthony Davis, right? Right. Would that be fair to say? That's fair to say. Isn't it funny? Once this team was built around Anthony Davis, how much like this his his New Orleans Pelicans teams these look? Like this just looks like his teams in New Orleans, does it not? Just like it does. Like I see it. Another all star beside him, but not really one that can carry the team over the top. In LeBron's case, just can't do that anymore or not every night. And then you have Russell Westbrook who is Russell Westbrook, but then otherwise, it's just a ton of good, not great role players that they got mm-hmm. on cheap salaries, mm-hmm. and it's uninspired basketball, which is exactly what Anthony Davis's time in New Orleans was, and it's what his Lakers career is turning into. Outside yeah, it's of, unfortunate. You know, it turns out guys can win a championship when they have a three-month break between the regular season and the postseason and are fully rested and can play the playoffs off of an entire off season's worth of rest in a bubble, in a bubble, with no fans (laughs) in, in an empty gym. Who would have thought, but anyway, that's fine. It's, it's all good. You know, uh, still not an asterisk in the sense that he's an NBA champion and it did take special, uh, adversity to win that championship in particular. However, at the same time, he hasn't been the same guy since, but that's fine. Uh, with that, though, Troy, you know what team has been blossoming of late? And who is that, Sean? Detroit Basketball! <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Come on, that was pretty cool. You got to be honest. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool, Sean. That sounded pretty cool. They have won three of four. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they ended the they ended the long lasting losing streak between the Charlotte Hornets off of a Kelly Olynyk buzzer beater. I mean, how's that not something to be excited about? I'm excited, Sean. But I'm what have excited. what have been your thoughts? I mean, it seems to me mm-hmm. like this team's energy or like this like just this team's abilities have just. Um, not abilities, but like it just seems like they're playing like far more cohesive, far more effort on the defensive end. 
it just you know it just seems to me like they're they're playing harder yeah yeah no all those things are true sean and uh i think the heart of that relies in a man named kate cunningham mm -hmm. uh i i see him playing great basketball i see him playing inspired basketball not necessarily rookie of the year being the reason but i see him wanting to get better wanting right. to impact his team wanting his team to get better well, he and i think he's the number one guy like i i think it's fair to say yeah. that he's been the um he has been the best player on this team Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think for me, um, he's a guy that I want to build my franchise around. And I'm yeah. glad that my my team is building around him. So yeah, I, I think the difference relies in Kate Cunningham and a little a little better performance, um, even more inspired. Not that he's had a rocky season, but Sadiq Bay too. Yeah. You know, I, I think he's really been well, more consistent. Well, since um, January. He's yeah. been outstanding. Like it's really just been like, actually, like more like since December. Like when when a lot of those guys went out, like due to health and safety protocols. Mm -hmm. Like when 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 it was like, all right, Sadiq, just go out and shoot. Like just go out and just go out and do your thing. It just seems like ever since that point when like Sadiq kind of got the keys and like had the freedom to go out there and just try. And like once mm -hmm. the shot started falling down more consistently, yeah. I think he just I think his confidence just skyrocket and he had the rhythm to go along with it you sure know I mean? and the rhythm so, i think is is what i see as the yeah. big factor there so yeah absolutely i think also though jeremy grant has been mm -hmm. playing a lot better of late as well big time uh, big time. a lot of people out there hi adam Baydoon. shout out adam uh love to hate on my guy jeremy grant however uh again are you telling me that a guy who can who can defend one through five that can score 20 points if you need him to, who can score at all three levels in the paint, in the mid-range, and beyond the arc, and a guy that is a decent passer, too. Are you telling me that guy's not valuable? Like, I get he's mm -hmm. not having his best year. I get mm -hmm. he's not as good as he was last year, but he's, like, close. Mm -hmm. I, I don't mm -hmm. know. It just seems to me like we, we criticize Jeremy Grant whenever he has off shooting nights, but, like, we don't ever talk about it when Sadiq Bay does. Mm -hmm. We sure mm -hmm. as heck don't talk about it when Kate Cunningham does. Right. We only right. we only talk about it when Kate does it like two or three nights in a row. I will say though, one thing about Kate Cunningham, the first genuine criticism I can give him. You gotta figure it out with the foul trouble, man. Sure. It is it is something that has genuinely caused Detroit games at this point. Like it yeah. has straight up mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you know, like uh, even watching like the Boston game, like it's like, dude, you're unstoppable. You can be out there. Even the Charlotte game. He has to leave in like with like six minutes to go in the first quarter. The because, burst, like, the burst. Yeah. It's like, dude, like you always are getting these fouls. And like, I get that you would like, I get you don't want to be beat on the defensive end. And like, I get that you want to stay in front of your defender, but like what you have to figure out is that there's other ways to do it in the league. Because you're sure as heck not going to be able to do it the way that you've been trying. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be able to go in there. You're not going to. You're not going to be able to just, you know, give these guys hand checks. I mean, they're going to call these calls, especially against the stars. Now, the good thing is, is that Kate Cunningham's been getting calls against him himself, which you know we've we've been waiting for for a little while. So big time. See, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So good to see that the refs are finally like, like you know, like oh. My bad. Like, yeah, we probably should call it for you too. Like, you know, who would have thought?
But uh, what do you think about Jeremy Grant, Troy? What are your thoughts on on him so far this year? Yeah, I mean, he's not the Jeremy Grant of last year. Um, But I don't know if he really needs to be, to be honest with you. Is it far Uh, off, though? No, it's not far off. It's not far off. Um, But I think... I think he's a guy that, yeah, I, he's going to help someone next year. Like in my head, Sean, as a Pistons fan, I'm really not thinking a lot about Jeremy Grant, to be honest with you. I, right. He's just not someone in my radar that I'm, I'm hoping he's to develop term. more. Yeah, I, I kind of am. I, I don't want that to be the case, but right. I, I, I just, I see that being the future. So I wrote an article today talking about the Pistons rest of this season and what they're mm-hmm. looking to do. And so it's, it's definitely already, it's, it's already out now as of the time of recording, but it's definitely out already. So go ahead and check it out on Woodward website. Again, all the links to my stuff in the comments are in the description down below. But anyway, I talked about, uh, I talked about this, uh, um, the fact that in these final games, what we're really establishing a couple things. First of all, identity. Second of all, Really just trying to get more consistent play out of our guys. Um, but also just, this is really going to be like, we're not going to see a lot of these guys in Pistons uniforms, perhaps even NBA uniforms after after this. So like a lot of the guys that we're going to be seeing throughout this stretch, it's really going to be guys fighting for their jobs and fighting for the reason that they're going to be in this team. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I I strongly agree. And even a guy like Frank Jackson, you know, like what's his future going to look like? You yeah. Know? Yeah. And, 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 I, and I think with Jeremy Grant, I'm sorry. Yeah. I lost my train of thought for a second with Jeremy Grant. What I was going to say was I also wrote about with that. I think a lot of what's going to happen with Jeremy Grant is contingent on where the Pistons land in the lottery, because if they get in the top three, Jeremy Grant's gone. Like, mm-hmm. like, like Detroit will be a little more lenient on trading him. Like they, like, if they don't get fully the price that they want, I think they just realize there's just going to be too many cooks in the kitchen. Like, the front court mm-hmm. is going to be so heavy mm-hmm. at that point mm-hmm. because now we have Marvin Bagley, we have Kelly Olenek, we have Beef Stew, we have Sadiq Bay, Isaiah Livers is playing minutes for us now. Yeah, how about he, that? Yeah, he had some minutes in Charlotte. Didn't look half bad. He didn't, like, you know, he wasn't like, you know, like, he, he he's a second-round pick. You know, mm-hmm. he is, mm-hmm. he is 100% a three and D guy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we know that. And that's what we really honestly wanted out of him. Yep. And you know what? He, he was on the court. He, all right, let's see. He, okay. And his one game. Oh, he's appeared in two games now, apparently. <gasps> oh, he appeared in like, four minutes of game time in December. Um, but in Charlotte, he had six points, 50% from three, two of four, two of six in the field total, and an assist, two rebounds. Hey, we'll take it. Not bad. I like it. Yeah. I, I like Good Isaiah Livers. I, Good I like for you, Isaiah Livers. I think he could low-key be a diamond in the rough second-round pick. Yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, not much more than the three and D guy. No, guy. no, he's like a three and D guy that will come off your bench. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and Correct. like, like, uh, I'm not saying he's gonna quite be like Io, Io Desumu, but like, 
I think he's another like second round pick that we can look back at this draft and go like, oh, he was in the second round. You know what I mean? Like it just, mm-hmm. I don't know. To me, it seems like the second round's getting a little deeper. Yeah, we had a, for our first second round MVP last year. That's true. That's true. And our first undrafted Hall of Famer. Ben, hold on. At center from Virginia University. Ben. Whoa, 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 whoa. I like it. I like the new toys we get to play with here from F-Gorge, right? But anyway, I'm glad you like it, too. I can tell you don't hate it at all. Love it. Love it, Sean. But anyway, uh, yeah, I, I've been impressed with the turnaround. It just, it does seem like, you know, um, there really hasn't been much drama with this team. There really hasn't been a lot of commotion. Uh, the, the guys are just sticking to the grind and are committed and are still bought in into what we're doing. That's really all you can ask for. And I think, you know, I think it's just going to be, it's going to come down to who's going to prove their spot on this team because, Let's be honest, we don't have a lot of NBA quality guys on this roster. We don't. Right. We don't. Um, so it's gonna be about time for these guys to prove that they can do it. So with that, Troy, before we get into uh from Mount Rushmore and getting into all that, um, we we just gotta we gotta talk about the fact that Anthony Davis we talked a little bit about the Lakers. I didn't touch touch on the fact that Anthony Davis will be out the next five weeks. Mm-hmm. In addition, Chris Paul will be out until the playoffs, essentially. Seven to eight weeks. Troy, of the two, which do you think's a bigger loss? Which team do you think will be more affected? Yeah. And do you think do you think this affects the Suns' chances of going to the finals? Uh, well, it affects the Suns more because they're actually um, they're actually playing for something. They're playing for something, right? <laughs> um, and and I, I I do think it 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 affects them, Sean. Um, yeah, I, I think we have we have an option to see what Devin Booker's made of too. Right. I, I think we can we can put this on. Devin Booker's shoulders too and say hey here's a guy that really can come in and I think swing the ball around I think can facilitate and do some of the playmaking stuff that Chris Ball can do um so I think I think there's a little bit of pressure on uh old uh old Devin Booker um so but but of course it, it affects their chances Sean uh absolutely it does Chris Paul is the corner piece of that team and without him um they, they really struggle yeah and 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 I and I think Devin Booker is a good playmaker I think he's a good facilitator I think um you know I I think he obviously can create his own shot pretty freaking well um but yeah it's just it's just gonna be one of those things where um we're just gonna have to see you know like when he can actually get back and mm-hmm. and when we can actually see Chris Paul and how good of shape he's going to be and how is that hand going to feel, you know, what is he going to be able to do? And like, is it because if he's not back like 100%, like going into the playoffs, like, I mean, I mean, we saw the wear and tear of what the playoffs did to Chris Paul last year. So like in a way, maybe this is like a blessing because for his like overall body, he can be rested going into the playoffs. It's really just his hand, you know? 
No, I, I fully agree, Sean. Um, but we'll have to see because I think guys like Mikel Bridges too are stepping up. Oh, yeah. I think guys like Cam Johnson even are too. Um, so even DeAndre you know, Aiden's hitting threes now, Troy. Yeah, I forgot about him too. So I, I think the Suns are a well balanced team without Chris Paul. Right. However, he just he makes that team, in my yeah. opinion, a, an automatic Western Conference Finals team. Yeah, I agree. By the way, how good has Tyrese Halliburton been? Yeah, that was going to be my next thing. I mean, I mentioned it a little bit earlier of my favorite game since the All-Star break, but last night against Boston, the dude went off. Uh, The dude went off tonight against Orlando, too, even though they lost. Um, Indianapolis is such a good fit for him, man. Like, the guy can play. Um, Their rebuild changed with him. Tyrese Halliburton in six games with the Pacers. 19.8 points. 10.7 assists, 52.5% from the field, 47.5% from three. He might have an unorthodox release. For some reason, this was the guard that Sacramento said, nah, we'll move you. This is the guy that they said, we'll be better off without you and better off with De'Aaron Fox. I'm going to be honest, Troy. The Kings look dumb because not only is Tyrese, again, and and I will die on this hill, not only is De'Aaron Fox not the better player right now. I mean, I'm saying this as I see De'Aaron Fox scored 29 points tonight (laughs) and got 10 assists. But anyway, I'll still say it. De'Aaron Fox is not as good now as Tyrese Halliburton going forward, Tyrese Halliburton. As no, an actual... that, that's such a fair statement to make. Yeah. And even, even if the Pacers and the Kings made that exact same trade, but instead of Tyrese Halliburton, they put Darren Fox in the trade, I still think it would have made sense for both teams. Yeah. But with Halliburton instead, that yeah. changes everything, well, Sean. Well, the only thing, I don't think it made sense for Indiana in the sense that the contract for Darren okay, Fox sure. is just sure. too big. And, and, sure. I, and sure. I don't think you start a rebuild with a max guy. Who, mm-hmm. who would want another max after his current max? You know what Correct. I'm saying? So, Correct. Um, Correct. you know, it's just one of those things where I think, uh, whereas Sacramento, it's more so like, all right, well, we got to maximize what we have right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've, they've been playing fine. They, um, they, they lost, they lost a couple in a row. Looks like they actually had a little four game losing streak after playing, after playing really well. So it looks like Sabonis, coming into the lineup hasn't really affected their uh their overall outlook much Troy. I wonder mm-hmm. uh I wonder who could have told you that Troy. <laughs> From half court, Sean Murphy. Whoa. Dude, Trey Lyles is balling in Sacramento. Tonight, tonight or just in general? T- I mean tonight. tonight you got 24 points. Not a boy, Trey. He's in the starting five. He got 20. All right. Yeah. Before this, he really hasn't done much. He got, uh, <laughs> he got four po- he, he, in, uh, in his, uh, in his few appearance appearances. So he looks like he appeared in, uh, in three minutes against Brooklyn, uh, five minutes against Chicago, six minutes against Denver, and then 16 got seven points. And then 31 minutes got 24. So 
our 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 old guy, our old reliable Trey Lyles out there still killing it in Sacramento. Look at look at him go. <laughs> you look you look like you're in disbelief. Yeah, a little bit. Um but like not really. But like but like actually kidding. Um Yeah. But you know, I think a guy like Trey Lyles for whatever Sacramento's wanting to get out of him, he'll give you, you know. Yeah. He's fine. He's serviceable. Um but but with that Troy, it's time. It's already time for us to head from Mount Rushmore. Before we do, I do want to ask you one more question. Yeah, go ahead. Have you heard of the game I've, um, have you have, have you heard of the game Wordle? I have not. You've never heard of Wordle? Mm-mm. Nope. Do you do you have social media? Mm, yeah. You've never. I see you post it. I see, I know what it is, but I don't know how it is or why it is the way it is. Okay, so you've heard of Wordle. Okay. Have you heard of Purtle? I have not heard of Purtle. So, Purtle is Wordle, but NBA players. So, instead of guessing words, each day you guess a different NBA player. And they went with the NBA name Purtle because of Yaka Purtle. So, it's his last name, Purtle. That's that's the name. I think I might even start making content of uh, playing the game on the channel. But, essentially... You have to guess an NBA player each day, and it will tell you if you got the division. It will tell you if you got the conference, if you got the height, if you got the age. Like, like it, it will like it will give you like those as like hints as like where you guess. Um, it's really hard, but it's actually really fun because then it's like you're thinking of players, and it's like who could this be? Like today, like I won't okay, it, it'll be out as a Monday. Um, but like so for Monday, February twenty eighth, you know, spoilers, it's Jalen Suggs, and so. At first, they put Patrick Williams because I was like, oh, well, let's just see. And it was like, oh, also 20 years old, not a forward. I'm like, Killian Hayes. Oh, it matches. And the height. And I'm like, and I'm like, uh, LaMelo Ball. Nope, he's tall. Okay, nope, nope. Okay, oh, same conference, or same division, though. And you like, you keep trying to guess. It's really fun. You should try it. But anyway, should try it. there have been some really, really obscure names that it's been, too pisses me off but I, I want you to try it and i want this to become a segment where we report how we do in purtle we should even do a video where you and i play purtle together does that sound fun to you no right. absolutely not all right troy go yourself anyway <laughs> with that it is now time troy to go from mount rushmore troy what are we talking about today yeah, so I think you know we mentioned that we've talked to each other in person, and we talked a little bit about maybe like Pistons players, not necessarily our you know Mount Rushmore, but just our favorite. But I was thinking, let's go a little bit deeper. What are our Mount Rushmores of favorite Piston individual games of the oh, past man. twenty years? Oh man! All right, well. I'm thinking we actually have fun with this and go down memory lane. All right. Yeah, let's do it. So I'll start. My number one Pistons game of all time is when Ben Wallace returned to Detroit as a Chicago Bull. Pistons Bulls 
2006, I believe. Yeah, that would have been. Yep, 2006 in the Palace of Auburn Hills. I was there in the building. The atmosphere was electric. We we won in the last second. We we uh we stopped uh Ben Gordon, right? Ben Gordon from a corner 3. Um we came back. We were down 20 at halftime or down 18 at half and Chauncey just took over in the second half, like him and Rashid both. And uh, I just remember, like, you know, when Ben left, Detroit was pissed. We love him to death now, accepted him back, everything's good, he left for the money, all respect in the world. But, man, at the time, uh uh-uh, uh-uh. Detroit versus everybody. But that's got to be up there for me because that was the best live game I've been to. And I just remember that that's just one of my favorite memories as a kid. Yeah. Great. My first memory is going to be of recent and you and I were, did this together. We were in the building together. Um, The Pistons largest comeback in, in franchise history. We were there for it. Yep. Mm -hmm. They were down, I think 24 at the end of the third against the G League Memphis Grizzlies. Basically the Memphis hustle, right? They had everyone out and we were fighting for a playoff spot in 2019. Yep. This is the Reggie Jackson, the Blake Griffin team, yep. right? We we this was the second to last game of the year. Yeah, and, and we needed to win both to have yeah, guaranteed yeah. playoff spots. We need yeah, we, we if we won both games, we were in. And, and Sean, that first half made we, us mad. <laughs> oh, we were defeated. We wanted to jump. We wanted to find the nearest roof and jump off. Like we were not having it. But Correct. then, Correct. Uh, and there was a guy, two guys, two guys in particular, really yeah. two and a half guys, yeah. Luke Kennard, Langston Galloway, and kind of Andre Drummond yeah. went yeah. off in the best way, the most exciting way ever. Because when, when there was like a hint to come back, like when we got to single digits, like nine. Yeah. And then like Luke Kennard hit a three to get it to like six. Uh-huh. And then when we finally took the lead, it it dude. was, dude, there will never be another game like that. Sean. That, that place went ape shit, Troy. It went absolute <sighs> ape shit. It was Wasn't so that fun. so fun? <laughs> it was so fun, dude. <laughs> Yeah, we got that. We got those tickets for free. Shout out Piston Sixth. A good, a good old throwback there. Yeah, mine. Yeah. So that has to be yeah. on my yeah. list. Yeah, They'll, I think. I think this one. I think let's do a combined Mount Rushmore because okay. mm-hmm. I think, I think there's just so many to go through. I think we can make a combined list. Mm-hmm. Um. So, my next one is Blake Griffin's 50-point game against the Philadelphia 76ers back in 2018. Yeah. That game was awesome. First of all, um, the Sixers, so that helps. But also, Blake Griffin just had the best game of his career, man. It was, he couldn't miss. Everything he was doing was working. His playmaking at the time was underrated. Like, Blake Griffin was a genuine star Mm -hmm. in Detroit. Like, people don't talk about that. Like, he was a genuine star. Third-team All-NBA. Yeah, he was shy. And he puts up 50 points against Joel Embiid and the Philadelphia 76ers. Joel Embiid's doing the whole, oh, 
Bye. Because he got a. Um, didn't he get Drummond ejected? Or, or there was someone on the Pistons that got ejected or got fouled out because of something Andre Drummond did. But it didn't matter because Blake Griffin overcame it. Yeah, right. And, and then and then JJ Redick hit that three, and it was it, to make them up by two with ten seconds left, and it was yeah. like game over. Like we lost in double overtime. Yeah, but then they did Sucks. the fake handoff. Fake handoff and and one, and he made the free throw to win the game. Oh, oh, it was great, Sean. That that needs to be up there. I'm so glad okay. you said that. Okay, hold on. I'm sorry. We have a little breaking news right now. Okay. The Memphis Grizzlies just beat the San Antonio Spurs. John Morant dropped 52. Yeah, that's worth talking about. Two days ago, he scored 46. He dropped 52 tonight. He broke the franchise scoring record two days ago and then went again and crashed it on the next night. MVP, baby. MVP? MVP? He's worth. He's worth. He's really worth it. Really um, next on my list is uh-huh. a sad one, but it needs to be on it for my list. All right, let's hear it. Uh, the last championship level performance of the Rip Hamilton, Tayshawn Prince, Rashid Wallace era, which was two games in. It was it was Allen Iverson's second game, um, and we went into L.A. Lakers. Mm-hmm. And we beeped it up. Oh, we <laughs> it up. Yeah. Um, Allen Iverson went off. That was one of his better games as a Piston. Rashid went off. Rip. All the guys went off that game, Sean. Yeah. And Kobe even had a really good game. I think Kobe mm-hmm. had over forty. Yeah. But it wasn't a it wasn't a basketball game. We we ran away with the contest. And it was an ESPN game. One of the last like. T- good times where yeah. we were serious espn type of game well hold on now hold on we were in the picture beyond 2004 this is 2009 i'm eight i'm talking about oh 2008 my bad, my bad, my bad. yeah this is alan iverson oh 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 my bad i i briefly got tripped up when you said lakers because i was like oh, yeah yeah okay, yeah my bad, my bad, my this bad. is alan iverson's second game of the year Oh, with I'm embarrassed. My bad. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And yep. we annihilated the Lakers with Allen Iverson. And it, it seriously looked like, I know we were both sad when they traded Chauncey, but in that one game, it, it looked like we won the deal with Allen Iverson. Yeah. I mean, that one game was pretty fun. So I, I never thought we won the deal with Allen Iverson. I want, yeah. he, no matter what good game he had, I was like, all right, but Chauncey Billups. Yeah, that time. that was the only that was the last hope where I saw a game where I was like, wow, this team could genuinely win a championship. So that that to me has to be on that list. Yeah, that's so. fair for me. Um, honorable mention. Um, the 2015 or yeah, 2015 NBA playoffs. Uh, Pistons Cavaliers game three. Game At- six, 2016, 16. Oh, 2006 game three. 2016. Yeah, I said 16. I thought you said 15 at no, first. I, well, and then I corrected myself and said 2016. <laughs> okay, and gotcha. Like, gotcha. Yeah, 2016 <laughs> NBA playoffs, game three, Pistons Cavaliers. 
at the out at the at the Palace of Auburn Hills. First playoff game in years. And damn did we almost win it. And there was that awesome dunk from Contavious Caldwell yeah. over LeBron. Yeah. There yeah. was all the antics booing LeBron in person. Oh, I love booing LeBron James with all my heart. Man, it was just such a fun game. And it was like the one night where it felt like we were on the upswing. And then <laughs> it all fell apart. But that team that team did bring me hope in a time of darkness. So Big time. that game was a lot of fun. So definitely got to shout that one out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely shine. And I think, you know, obviously like the championship teams, but yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I would say for me, another game that is worth mentioning is the last game the Pistons won a playoff game. And that would have been game four of the 2008 Eastern Conference Finals against Boston. Jason Maxiel had a nasty block on Kevin Garnett. I'm proud to say I watched that full game start to finish as a fourth grader. Um, because I, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. yeah. It was good. I mean, Chauncey played great. Rip played great. And and Boston just looked like they weren't prepared. I mean, we won by double digits and it from, from the get go, Boston just wasn't ready to face us that game. Well, I just keep forgetting the fact that you and I grew up in kind of different Pistons eras, like where like I kind of grew up more with that 2005 on team and you kind of grew up really with like the Iverson uh, and Stucky, yeah, yeah, with the, <laughs> yeah, with with Rodney Stucky. Oh man, what a guy! You know, you know who else is, is quite a guy, Troy? Walter yeah. Herman. Oh, okay. I was gonna say you. Oh, That's thanks. Okay. Thanks. Was, yeah, exactly. This is a nice way to wrap a bow because this is this has been another beautiful episode from Half Court, where each and every week Troy and I sit down and talk about all things. NBA basketball. If you like that, be sure to like this video, subscribe to the channel. You can find us on all the podcast services your heart yearns for that they long and desire for. And with that, we want to thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will catch you next time from half court. Hey, you, hey, you there. I got these guns. Be sure to subscribe. Otherwise, okay, bye. <laughs> Bro, you just made